This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hi, everybody. We are in, I am starting to count the episode numbers because we are in the 20-somethings. We are episode 26. Today I have, and I'm just making sure, so yep, we have episode 26. Yay. Um, today I have Parul Wadwa. She is going to share her story, and I am completely, I'm coming from this blind slate as usual. So thank you so much for joining, and tell me a little bit about yourself, where you are right now, um, and all the things. Hi. Hi, Tamara. Um, I am in the San Francisco Bay Area right now, and thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I guess it's a little early for you. This dynamic makes it like if I were to do a nine o'clock podcast, I would be in trouble. But <laughs> kids have class, the kids have school. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you know, you have tell me like, what, what do you do? What, what? Uh, yeah, what do you what, what's what's your life like these days? Um, it's pretty interesting, actually. Um, I thought that everything is going to be upside down, which it is in many ways because of COVID and the protests going around. And um, interestingly, it's it's my life has kind of pivoted in in a one eighty because of this whole crisis. Because I am an immersive storyteller who works with virtual reality. And everything has gone virtual suddenly for the last couple of months or weeks, if I may say. Um, and so I'm at a very interesting point in my life right now. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, crazy is an understatement, I guess. Um, I, I I try to like it's it's funny because you know my particular story. Uh, I had I had an early quarantine, early March, March third for me. The rest of the country shut down about two weeks, three weeks later, mm-hmm. and. Um, I try to like, I'm trying to make these podcasts, I'm trying to normalize these podcasts because I think we are slightly reopening. I have had people in the San Francisco, San Jose area who I've spoken to and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be careful, but like, you know, business is kind of going on as usual. And, mm. You know, the dynamic, I think it, 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 it becomes ultimately what people internalize as their experience in, in, in the, with respect to the virus. And mm-hmm. I feel that it's very different for everybody um so no it's 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 funny it's funny so yeah tell me tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are and how like your trajectory I know you had a little bit of an interesting trajectory you're about to tell me before we started the podcast but I told you I want to hear it here so tell me a little bit about that (laughs) well yeah um it's been very interesting um as I say you know life is a journey and take one step at a time and um I tend to be a person who looks at the whole mountain um, so it, it was definitely daunting yet interesting and challenging. I never, um, you know, I currently work with technologies in the technology sector in Silicon Valley, uh, but had no plan to be here. And uh, uh, to be honest, when I look back, I have no idea how I got here too. Um, I actually grew up um, in India and, um, you know, I I had no plans whatsoever to to immigrate to United States and one thing just led to the other and my journey got me here and then I've been start you know I started working in the tech industry so just to give you a little bit of background um I come from a very humble family in India and I was um you know very happy go lucky and uh, going about my life and um I actually 
uh, wanted to do nothing to do with what I'm doing currently, which is that um, I was very passionate about making films, um, you know, and um, being part of the whole media scape. And, uh, um, you know, when when I was in India in my teens, um, you know, I wanted to just, um, you know, take that path forward. And um, right, you know, one of my first few things that I did um, after I graduated from college there was I started working for Bollywood just to realize what my dreams were like. And um, I suddenly uh, felt that, yes, of course, you know, um, I have this passion for film and media, but that's not really, um, you know, running around trees and making uh, stories and, uh, you know, saying all those things is not my cup of tea. And, um, you know, one thing led to the other. I was so attracted to technology. I was always very curious how things worked. So uh, more than actually, um, you know, choreographing a song or just trying to figure out how uh, that whole process worked, I was more interested in figuring out, hey, so what's happening with this film reel when it gets processed? Or, um, you know, how, where does it go in the camera? Or all the technical aspects of it. And that got me... Uh, very intrigued and I won a scholarship from the Korean Film Council and uh, they actually got me into their into their technical department and um, I, I flew from India for the very first time um, and I moved to Asia where I lived for a couple of years and um, I learned a lot about the technique um, you know behind um, so to speak like you know film and um, storytelling and things like that I'm sure in the podcast as well we were getting into this right before um, there's so much that goes into it in terms of creative stuff but also there's um, it's it's more about art and technology everything that you see today is more about media and technology art and technology is not just one thing uh, because while you have to master um, the you know the form that you're using but at the same time the technique and how that came about is also um, part of the whole process and um, that's when I started learning about all this stuff I had I had a great time there and um, I again you know I had no idea that I would you know completely move into technology and um, slowly and gradually that started happening to me and even at that point I had no idea that my path is going to take me to United States at some point. And I was working on, um, you know, color grading a bunch of uh, things, which just to explain to our audience what it is, is um, when you see a film on your screens, um, you know, the way it's shot is very different from the way it looks on the screen. So the feel um, of uh, the film is decided by the director and the technical team, and they work many hours and days and months on uh, the look of the film. And so that is called color grading, where you could have shot it in very dim, um, you know, circumstances or with very poor lighting, but you can you can fix that or change the complete look of the film. So, for example, if I if I shot it in let's say yellow tones, I can completely change it the whole film to red tones uh, because that's my intent or that's the emotion I want to convey. Um, so I started learning all those things that I got, um, you know, an opportunity to work with a London-based, um, uh, you know, studio uh, who wanted to hire me um, in, in doing the same stuff. And I reached out London. And, you know, I think um, 
uh, at that point of time, I started thinking, you know, going back to who I used to be of always wanting to make films. But at the same time, I'm learning all these techniques and, uh, you know, the technical side of things. Um, there has to be some connection between who I am or what I intend to be, because, um, you know, by that time I traveled a lot in Asia and Europe and I was based in London. And, you know, um, I started thinking who I was and, you um, then you know an artist residency came about and i applied for it and that was actually in new york city um and that's how i uh, was my the first time that i landed in the united states about um 8 years ago maybe and with very little money in my pocket uh, probably i i barely had like uh 1000 maybe at that point of time uh so and and just with this whole thing that um i wanted to discover who i was as an artist i'd never done anything before that which was um you know making anything of my own or calling myself an artist and i just had these bunch of skills which were very tech based and i just came with them to new york city and so from there um things just picked up and um you know i it was complete unraveling of my own identity of who i was as an artist what i wanted to say as an artist why an artist um you know of course i today work with um modern technology um in the technology sector in silicon valley uh, but um i i make very immersive experiences uh, which are so based around um you know stories of home longing belonging um and that is such a huge part of who i am uh, because of my journey i think Awesome. Well, it sounds like you're very well traveled now. So that's a good thing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I want to I want to kind of see like the stuff that you do cuz it's hard to like envision all this art and the stuff that you're creating, but I'm sure I'm sure it's absolutely beautiful. I'm going to I'm going to request some links for the listeners to see or re- I don't know what they're I don't really know. <laughs> but I would love to to experience the art that you've brought to the world and the storytelling that you've been able to bring. So, hopefully that is a valid and a fair question. And yeah, in terms of your appending your identity, um it must be difficult. It must it's hard, especially cuz you didn't have the expectation that you would ever be on the other side of the world and you probably still have a lot of family there. So, how how often are you traveling? What does that look like? And I mean, now given our circumstances, uh has that affected your life in any way since in in the sense that you haven't been able to see family and like you had plans or nothing really or like what's 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 that dynamic like with you know your family yeah. across the world you know honestly um just a few weeks ago i went to um you know judge a competition here in silicon valley with a lot of students and one of the student volunteered um you know having got to know about my story um they introduced me as um a true globalist and i was really taken aback because i personally had never used that word for myself and i also feel like the word globalist has like this feeling of conquering everything and you know i never used that for myself and i felt um it was um you know a sense of achievement but it was also very uncomfortable and coming back to your question um i always feel that um i don't belong to one place because i've been to so many you know places at the same time and my life took me and it has been a complete adventure um so the two things that happened out of that is that i don't really feel at home anywhere at the same time i feel like i am always hankering to sort of 
um, settle down in that one place, which my life never allows me. <laughs> so it's interesting because that kind of stuff is very visible in my work as an artist. If I, um, if I, if if I may call myself, because for the last couple of years I've been practicing my art. Um, you know, an immersive storytelling. And um, th- that's intriguing. And going back to the whole question of how COVID has completely ripped apart my life, because I have a lot of family, you know, back in India. At the same time, you know, I have adopted a lot of family or made, uh, you know, friends and family who become more important to me than the family I've left behind many, many years ago. Um, and um, they're all over the world. Um, you know, sometimes when I have to introduce my Uh, closest friends they're like in another part of the world or um, definitely another city and that's interesting because um, I've spent so much of my time uh, and and closest emotions with them but yet at the same time they're not in the same space Um, and uh, you know COVID has kind of questioned those things for me very very closely of course you know physically it's put barriers for me to travel and for other people to travel to me Um, so that's definitely happened and uh, you know I haven't been able to travel at all and I'm even scared like what what does my life look like in the next year you know when I won't be able to travel often and it's going to be upside down it's making me very uncomfortable but yet at the same time the very fact that I've always been a person who um uh, you know, has had family and um, friends all over, you know, the world in this, in, in, in that sense. Everything has just mostly been virtual for me, including the technologies I use to do immersive storytelling, which is mostly, um, you know, virtual and augmented reality. So uh, it's, it's suddenly like, you know, the world that I was living in was mostly a sci-fi world. And suddenly the world is in a sci-fi world. So I don't feel very much um, at at loss to explain what I do or or who I am because everyone's sort of grappling with that identity uh, which I uh, which I sort of have been living for some time now. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that uh, as somebody who's like you as you use the phrase globalist and you're traveling a lot and you can't really find your place at home. I don't travel very often at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think the last time I went on a plane was yeah September I guess I would say 20 no I did go September 2019 I went um to my parents house the house I grew up in and mm-hmm. that was like then previous to that it was like 28 like I travel once a year now and I used to travel maybe twice or three times or four times a year which isn't that much either but when I had started having kids they're they're all over the age of two so I don't have any lab baby lab babies that would be six different flight uh, plane tickets <laughs> not really oh, financially yeah. conducive right now but it's funny that you say that that as somebody who's traveling you don't find a place at home I you know in the mo- moment that this pandemic started mm-hmm. I I started to struggle a little bit myself in terms of how I felt as a like a, a resident of my community. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the backstory for me, for your purposes, hopefully other people have heard this before, but I live in I live in the first city, um, first suburb that had community spread. We had uh, uh, an actually doc, documented, documented case of community spread, which meant mm-hmm. that we had a patient zero and I was connected to patient zero in my in my community. And that basically was the that was the domino effect that shut down the entire country. I think people didn't realize that it was a lot worse than it was, but they shut us down first and then everybody shut down, as I mentioned, two to three weeks later. Anyhow, right. as I, you know, I, I struggled very, so very, very, uh, I, I struggled socially in my community. It was very difficult for me uh, mm-hmm. to, to kind of relate to people in my community. And um, 
but then when this happens, like I, I work from home, I, I thrive working remotely. I, mm-hmm. because of that, I was able to pick it up very, very easily. Mm-hmm. And I became like, I would say the, 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 I don't know what you would call it, vigilante, uh, mm-hmm. good Samaritan. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I took, I, I've put like a 500 hours of work into um, feeding my community and doing things for my community, writing wow. things, writing stories about it to make people feel better, uh, mm-hmm. coordinating charity initiatives and, and, and the like. And it's so weird for me. And I think part of the reason why I do that is mm-hmm. because I don't necessarily feel like I live here yet. And I have to do this to like, you know, to, to cement my reasons for being yeah. here. It's sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, they, a lot of people, they talk about imposter syndrome, but they talk about imposter syndrome in, a, in, the, in this context of, I don't feel like I'm able to perform at work. But what if you mm-hmm. have this imposter syndrome that I don't feel like I belong in this community? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden that becomes so much more appending of your in identity in, in a place where like this is sort of why I'm distracting myself by saying, oh, yeah, I'm here and I kind of belong here. And it's weird. It's very weird. But it, like it hit me like in the last couple of days, I was like, why am I doing this? It's, mm-hmm. it's I mean, yeah, I want to do it to be a good person. And I, 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 I thrive on doing it. I actually love it. And I'm dealing with. You know, every single day there's like two to three hours of customer service complaints. Like I actually this this morning I did a, a food pallet delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 partnered up with uh, farms that had excess surplus of food, um, mm-hmm. and uh, giving it to members of our community. And this morning, half of the, the I had uh, sixteen pallets of of produce that went to multiple homes. And oh, wow. everybody, yeah, it's great. But everybody's telling me, oh, I have bad onions. Oh, I have bad cucumbers. Oh, I have bad this and peaches and melons. And, and I'm seeing pictures of, of these melons that are like rotten. And I have like someone just sent me one literally four minutes ago. And mm. I'm like, ew, I don't want to see this. But that's like, this is my new life, apparently. And I think the reason why I'm doing this is because like, I want to feel like, hey, I live here. And it ties back down to the identity. So, you know, yeah. you see it in a different way, but I see it as, I actually been living in this house for almost eight years now, uh-huh. and I don't necessarily feel like I'm I'm part of it, the community. Like I, it's this is how I make myself. I'm making it work, but it's still like I feel like I'm this, I'm this outlier. I'm on the on I'm on the cusp of on the I don't on the side. What's the sidelines and not really part of it. I think I've mm-hmm. changed that dynamic for how other people look at me, but I don't always feel that way. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Just just a perspective that I. I've been entertaining internally. Wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, Most of the time, you know, like it's the opposite, like you said, for people. And, uh, you know, when you backtrace your steps, you actually lead, it it actually leads to who you are. Um, It's pretty interesting. Thanks for sharing. And I love the work that you're doing for the community as well. It's so much needed for the hour. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was just something that kind of, it, it's weird. I don't feel like that's something that I would normally be my thing, but it came very naturally to me. Like I knew a guy who knew a guy and I started reaching out to restaurants because I wanted to try food. That was another mm-hmm. thing. I wanted to try all these these meals because I don't like going out with, I don't like leaving my kids. I don't like date night. So mm-hmm. I, if you can't bring the restaurants to you, bring the re- if you can't go to the restaurants, bring the restaurants to you. So mm-hmm. I do that as well. Uh, last night we had... We did okay, but then some guy shows up after everybody leaves, and he's like, I'm looking for my food. I'm like, your food's not here. So, <laughs> and then the guy was expected, the food guy, the delivery guy was expected at 5 p.m. He didn't come until 
So I have to deal with like this caravan of cars in my driveway, which I had to get clearance from the local cops in order to get access to social, you know, these, these are ultimately have this perception of social gathering. So, uh, there's no shortage of drama in, in this, like I'm sufficiently being distracted with that and then launching a brand because there's so much fear involved in launching a business that like this, this, this keeps me distracted from that fear. Although it, it doesn't le- it doesn't have me less focused. It just takes me away from, it takes the fear away. So mm-hmm. I always say, if anybody's afraid to do something, get distracted, just focus on your, keep, fo- keep yourself focused on your goal, but get sufficiently distracted and your fear won't overcome you as much. You won't be able to spend time to dwell on it. So yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah, moving on, let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about you for a little bit. Uh, I, I know you kind of, you, your story, I, I assume it has a little bit to do with, um, you know, moving, picking up and coming to the other side of the world. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe that is, but what, like, is that, would you consider that to be like your, I guess you're rising above the ashes story. You're overcoming your adversity. Is it, is it, was it that? Is there, is there a different story to that? What does that look like for you? I think to me, um, I would say that it, it was really hard for me because, um, you know, if you, if you think about it and, uh, you might've come across this in India because, um, in the kind of scape that I came from, um, usually, you know, you won't see women kind of like going very far with whether that's their goals or ambitions or they're not really, um, you know, it's not that they are nurtured to think in a way that they could have uh, goals or ambitions or a career, so to speak. And I pretty much grew up as that as well, you know, and um, it, I just never thought that that was a side to me that existed or there was something that was part of my identity or I needed to find myself because uh, mostly that I was growing up uh, and, you know, I saw everything around me was so patriarchal and, um, you know, women have to be, um, a, you know, have to perform in a certain way um, according to the standards of uh, the society in a way. And, and the ultimate goal for an Indian woman is just to get married um, and, you know, rear children. And that is that is true for, um, you know, most of India even today. And uh, we have a huge amount of, uh, you know, problems with domestic violence, gender violence as well. And, um, you know, there's this huge uh, rape crisis that's, uh, that exists that, uh, you know, the government is constantly fighting. And so within those parameters, I never thought that... Um, it would be a very natural progression for me because I wasn't even studying the things that, um, you know, could take me to um, a path to economic progress in that sense or or to help me, like, find who what my identity was, what I wanted to do. Um, so it was a very confusing path for me. And um, for the most part, it wasn't very linear. Um, and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do or who I was. And it, I like I said, you know, it was very gradual and... Uh, you know, if when I put all these dots together, I realized that, oh, yeah, you know, I always had this, um, uh, this penchant in me to like, sort of, um, you know, tell stories, but at the same time, I, uh, you know, all the things that I cared about, for example, I'm, I'm a very empathetic being. And the very fact that I chose a technology, which is so far and so futuristic, um, like VR um, has nothing to do with, um, you know, if I have to think about how I grew up and where I grew up, you know, which was very simple. And, um, you know, you can't talk about a futuristic technology even today. 
and so it's it's just a 180 turn for me to even think that um or you know that sort of thing exists when i you know right now as well when i call my parents or i um you know have family there in india and i explain to them what i do it's hard for them to visualize it because um it's like silicon valley is completely a different world altogether where everything futuristic is happening but yet they have not seen it and they haven't had any grip or any encounter or any chance to have an experience of something like that um where you know life is all centered around very small little things um and again you know going back to my past i would say i really appreciate that um and you know i i very i am so much of an aspiring entrepreneur as well and i often think like how can i use this technology for um you know working with other people or creating something which is more useful than just uh what i create for myself or for if i may say uh, you know say for very selfish reasons that um it is purely for entertainment or for reflection uh but it's not really something which is um you know creating a change or ripple effect in the world and i would love to see that happen at some point of time so you know i engage in uh, very entrepreneurial things and um i think i'm i'm so much of that in spirit uh given the kind of decisions i've made in my life from coming from where i am to where i am now uh, it's like here i have to take uh responsibility and there's this sense of um um you know very strong sense of uh um you know a, a feminist identity in a way um or if i may say so uh for the lack of a better word because i don't know what that meant uh you know when i was back in india because uh there was no opportunity to even express yourself as a woman uh, forget about finding yourself or what your identity was and that that was interesting a journey to just uh, find that person within you who is more than a woman a daughter um you know or or what society expects her to be um and then just emerge from there to say i'm more than all of these things and i'm this person who believes in all these things and this is what my you know uh what my longing in life for is or this is what i live for uh, or this is what i'm striving for or looking for in that sense so there was no um there was no opportunity to do that and you know oftentimes i uh, you know one of the things that i've always wanted to do and i do at various different levels is that um i mentor a lot of young women um you know let's say with Uh, with the Sherry Blair Foundation in London which I've uh, you know worked with for some time when I was in London and I continue working with them is because um their goals are very similar to mine which is that they um they reach out to women entrepreneurs um or anyone who's aspiring to create something um you know in the developing world and reach out to especially women and encourage them to achieve uh, their goals in very small steps and i mentor with them and that is something very exciting for me um in the same way you know i work with um, um this company called technovation which is all about um technical innovations and they focus on um uh, reaching out to girls from high schools all over the world not just in united states um so it's interesting that i get to mentor uh, high school girls from cupertino uh which is in silicon valley and yet at the same time i get to see this brilliant app that uh, you know a group of girls in afghanistan have made 
And it just brightens my soul because I know what that journey means. I know what it means to sit in that room in that developing world where you have access to nothing and you're just dreaming up something with this very strong desire to create change or or to build something. And at the same time, it is also, uh, you know, finding your own identity and what that could lead to. Um, I think I um, I am a, I'm, I'm an example of that, of what that could lead to. So I often say, like, don't stop dreaming because you never know where it's going to lead to. One opportunity might come after the other. And uh, those girls might not be in Afghanistan. Um, the act that they're building might be somewhere else and it would actually create a lot of significant change. And, um, you know, especially in the tech world that I am always in and I see like, you know, um, and, you know, we see like this huge movement of uh, Black Lives Matter right now as well, which is so poignant and uh, important. Uh, yet at the same time, there are fights around, um, you know, we've got to stand up for our gender as well. Um, you know, because let's say when you're working with technology, I'm sure you've worked with technology, like you said, um, and you've experienced that as well, that, um, you know, it's just, um, the, the, it's, it's saturated with, um, you know, men and technology, which is made for men. And there's very little space for any other kind of stuff. So how do you break those stereotypes and how do you emerge from there? And how do you have, make sure that you have a unique voice, which is contributing something to the world? And I think that is the driving force behind me. And I think that would be my, my ashes to, um, you know, a Phoenix story in a way that, um, it, it wasn't just a linear progression for me. So yeah, no, I think that's amazing. I think it's amazing that you're able to take that and take your your learn your your learnings and you're able to apply that and mentor women who are, I would say, in their own struggle. But is it really a struggle? It's I would say it's more of a rebirth. It's growth. All of our struggles ultimately become learning experiences for us to become better versions of ourselves. Um, you know, we're we're I there will be times where we will like I guess revert. Uh, come to a point where we, we reg- I don't know if we regress a little bit, but I think for most of us, all these little things, all of these, I go back to the word struggles, ultimately becomes an opportunity for us to take that step and to grow in a better way. And it's amazing that you're able to take your experiences, um, which I mean, it was, it's completely, your identity was completely changed. I mean, you said, you know, you, you, you put, you left your family behind, you have a new family. Like, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a mindset that you have to adopt in order to create this, um, to make, to make your current reality, your current location, your current situation, you know, something that is identifiable for you. Um, it's something that you can, you can do, you can tolerate, you can stand uh, like, I don't know what's the right words, (laughs) kind of a lot, lots of words here. Um, but I think what you're able to do here is is amazing, and uh, I mean, kudos to you. I, I find, you know, right now I want to find mentors for anything, even though my story has nothing to do with yours. I'm like, you know what? I, I like this. I like it. You know, you're able to do that. You're going out and you're taking that ability to teach what you've gone through and to mm-hmm. help them. Um, you know, it's completely foreign territory. It's both from a cultural perspective and from a geographic mm-hmm. perspective. So, you know, women have the ability to do so much more yeah, and, and it's a, and, and thank you so so on behalf of all the people that I don't know that you're you're teaching and <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah yeah 
So, yeah, absolutely, Tamar. I think um, it's more to do with the fact that um, it takes you a while to understand, um, uh, you know, what, what what are you condensing from your journey? And then once you, and, and, you know, the process can be traumatic as well. I wouldn't call uh, my process or my journey to be traumatic, but in the sense, um, you know, it was very uncomfortable for sure. And many times, you know, and just it's a very standard thing for life is never linear for anything, you know, it's for not just for me, maybe for most people who aren't hankering for anything, but I was. And so it wasn't not just linear, but at the same time, it was definitely uncomfortable at times. And uh, when you deal with that, um, that uncertainty and that uncomfort, but at the same time, you go through a process where you've healed and you've dealt with it and uh, you've realized uh, what it means, that whole process. And of course, that takes years, another another couple of years, or maybe sometimes a lifetime. And I think we're always deciphering possibly if you were uh, we were to have this podcast and this conversation another 10 years into my life I'd probably have another story um, because that would have been my interpretation of how I see and look at those things and um, it always keeps changing um, and it's a good it's 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 definitely because you grow like you said you know and uh, your perspective changes and so would you 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 give back um, to anyone you choose to give back is also different yeah and and i mean but you're giving back in such a great way so it's amazing amazing absolutely awesome so um i mean there's a lot of directions i could take here but in the interest of time i guess we'll probably go into the the self-care regimen um Mm -hmm. what are you what do you do in order to basically give yourself a breather take care of yourself whether it's uh you know journaling Mm -hmm. uh, gym fitness what what is what does your self-care look like uh, I don't yeah. know if it's changed. The dynamic has changed also since the pandemic. Feel free to talk about your what the what the usual looks like and what how how it has potentially changed. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, I um, you know, mindfulness is such a buzzword in Silicon Valley, and uh, I used to often think like, why? And um, you know, I have I do do things in my life to keep myself grounded. Um, um, first is uh, you know I do I actually follow. Uh, you know, very passionately, I meditate. Um, and the reason I say passionately is because um, I think like, um, it's it's just uh, just like disconnecting yourself uh, from your reality. And uh, which is interesting, because um, I most of the time I spend is in a virtual world in VR. And, uh, you know, when I actually meditate, it takes me into a very different world, which is not VR, but it's also not my world. Um, so it's it's uh, it's questioning that whole artifice of the VR world and uh, the virtuality and of our real world as well. You know, is this the the uh, the the temporary nature of uh, of where we are and what we are? And um, I, uh, you know, I've obviously experienced that because I don't take anything too seriously. Um, I am passionate about things I build and um, you know projects I make and um, you know stuff I put out into the world I put all my heart and soul into it but at the same time uh, something that keeps me grounded is the fact that I'm not 
too serious about it. If it fails, it fails. And um, I did my best. And I take away, I, I, I probably will have a few grudges or, um, you know, a sense of failure for a couple of days. Um, and I do go, um, you know, I, I kind of have those moments of, uh, you know, going down and being depressed for a long time. And uh, But I, I emerge from it. And I think I emerge stronger with the feeling that, um it was just uh, just so temporal and it doesn't mean anything in the larger scheme of things of who I am. Um, and um, it's not just about one thing. It's not just a, it, it, about a professional failure, but also personal failures. I look at them exactly at the same way. And which is why I think that my strength is... Um, you know, a lot into, um, uh, you know, using techniques like meditation, um, yoga, uh, and mindfulness, where I have learned to feel that um, everything around me is way bigger. And there's a set of circumstances that lead to something. And I am just a, just one of those circumstances. I am part of that, um, that whole mechanism of things that will make something happen. So if I did not do my part, then it's okay, because there were uh, 99 other things um, that were doing their part which went wrong so that means that you have to make peace with um, with it and you are not um, you're, you're the ultimate um, person to say things and I think the very fact that I come from such a spiritual land of uh, uh, you know um, yoga and meditation and all these techniques um, uh, you know when I reflect back um, it's interesting because um, when I, you know, think about perspective in Silicon Valley, everyone's like trying to control things or we need to know what's the next thing or everything has to be very planned, which is all great. You know, it works great to um, have a very concrete product. Um, but at the end of the day, if you if you apply those same principles in your life, it doesn't really work out that well because uh, there's a lot more and you have to leave a lot more on fluke and you have to be fluid as an identity and you're more than uh, just your body and I think the conflict happens when people try to control things or they think that I exactly know that in five years I will own a house and I will earn this much money or I will be doing this um, if you ask me I don't know I always say that I don't know what I will be doing of course I have a plan for myself um, and I work on those plans and most of the times um, I wouldn't say most of the times sometimes those plans work out according to the way that I'm working on them. But I always leave that scope to um, to fail. And that's very important to me to keep myself grounded, to have that perspective and that insight that um, whatever I'm doing, there's, there's more, there are more forces um, that are sort of taking care of that stuff. So even if I try to control it to the Z, um, it's not just me. There are things that I can't see that are happening. Um, so that's one thing that I do um, to keep myself grounded. And physically, of course, um, you know, I like to get exercise, but I'm not really a person who enjoys gymming. I feel like it confines me. And, you know, every time running on a treadmill reminds me of, uh, you know, the, the meme that people share all the time that, you know, Nazis used to make run people on the treadmill to punish them. And uh, something that sort of sticks to me, and which is which is why I really enjoy uh, my yoga sessions and my meditation and from physical exercise I run and I swim I really I am such a huge water body I I love you know being in the nature hiking 
Um, I, I just love hearing the birds. And so anything doing out, outdoors in the nature is, is my go-to uh, for like reviving my soul. And thankfully, I'm just here, here in California between um, the ocean and the redwood uh, forests and beautiful trees. And it gives me um, uh, many opportunities to step out, except that everything has just changed. Uh, in everyone's reality, including mine, because of the pandemic. And, um, you know, I end up, it's funny that I end up, I used to never meditate in VR, and I do so much now, because um, I miss that um, that reality of mine, of being outdoors and, um, you know, being uh, in shelter. We've just, you know, had limited opportunities to step out, get exercise. And obviously, I haven't had any opportunity to swim, which I'm missing big time, which is, uh, which is so healing for my soul and for my body, um, because I think when I'm under the water, it's just a very different being, and um, you know, it connects me again um, uh, to those larger thoughts that I just spoke about um, during, you know, uh, my my connection with mindfulness, and um, I, I just absolutely love swimming, and so those are some of the things that I practice mostly, um, you know, mindfulness, yoga, swimming, running, and being outdoors mostly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love it. I love it. I think that those are sometimes not everybody's a gym rat and that's fine. Right now I can't be a gym rat. There's no gym, but um, <laughs> no, but, but I understand. And, and being outdoors is, is something that I think a lot of people preach is, is so important to be one with nature and to appreciate what you have going on. I think mm-hmm. for me personally, I love doing that like at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. Quiet. <laughs> it, it, people, people are at home. Well, it keeps them no... sleep as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Not for me, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to do one quick wrap up question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can give your earlier self some advice, what would you tell her about? Take about like, give me about the 30 second answer. Um, I think my 30 second answer would be um, listen to others before you. So I think the biggest mistake I've ever made, I was brave, which is good. If I was to turn back and say, I wouldn't be this brave. This is daunting for me. Um, so if I looked, um, you know, I I don't, I'm usually kind of person doesn't, now I do, um, or, or my younger self didn't uh, really look up to people or listen to advice or, um, or or look for mentors. And that was something thing I would really advise myself to also uh, you know step into other people's shoes it really helps or instead of just uh, you know following creating a new path follow somebody's path it's it definitely has somebody who's been there for you know has done that before you so heed some advice awesome I love it okay <laughs> well yeah we're, we're, we're right in with before the wire here right it's like you know it's time for class that's what the dynamic is here that's um, awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much, Parul. I, I appreciate you spending your time sharing your, your journey with me. And I, I look forward to learning and seeing a little bit about the creations that you've made. I mm-hmm. wonder if there's a way that we could, I can experience this VR. I, I hope I can get into this. You, understand a little bit more about your reality from my perspective, from my, from my chair. And hopefully other people will be able to benefit from the beauty you've created in the world as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to share my work with you, which you can share with the audience as well. And thank you, Tamar, for for this podcast and for this lovely chat. I really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 